It's just a public service announcement. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is a lady, and I like to talk about vaginas. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears as we listen to the gospel according to St. Uteri, Uteronomy. Welcome back to another episode of Uteronomy with me, Naledi. Okay, so first of all, how cool is that intro, guys? My name is Naledi, and I like to talk about vaginas, and we'll be talking about something that goes into your vagina today, um, a menstrual cup. So this was supposed to be a whole big episode of, you know, eco-friendly, eco-friendly, like, period stuff like you know reusable pads and menstrual cups etc etc but it just became too much and I got overwhelmed so we're gonna stick to menstrual cups this time around it's going to be quite a long episode because we have a lot a lot to talk about um but I'm excited I hope you are too I hope you're happy to hear my voice again I don't know when this is gonna happen again so Let's get into it. Okay, so I know I said let's get into it, but I'm a liar. Um, I want to give you a quick, it might not be quick, but a live update that you didn't ask for. Um, TMI warning. Um, so if you listen to my Morena episode, you'll know that in July, I took my Mirena out or I got it removed because I didn't take it out myself. That's not allowed. Don't do that ever. Um, but I got my Mirena removed because of the effect that it was having on my skin. And I went on the pill, specifically Jeanette. Um, it's been how many months since July? Like almost five months. <laughs> almost five months since July, um, which is supposed to translate to five periods, but I don't think it's been five periods. I think I've had three, maybe four periods um, since I've been on the pill. And okay, so main reason for it, skin. My skin looks amazing. It looks really good. Very healthy hydrated, moisturized, um, minimal breakouts, you know, all those things. Um, so that's great. I'm really happy. It's, it's brought my self-confidence up a lot, um, which is really exciting. Of course, there's still like acne marks and all of that, but you know what, those are small things to worry about. But guys, after four, four-ish years of not having a period, 
I feel like I'm having my period for the first time ever in my life and I was not prepared. It's a lot. It's a lot. A lot. My period is still sort of, you know, mediumish flow. So it's not heavy. Like it's light to medium, but yo, there is so much blood, guys. I wasn't ready. And it's like everywhere all the time. I'm so sorry for sharing this, but I just, I need to. Like in the shower, it looks like there's, it's been a murder scene. And like when I pee in the toilet, like I wasn't ready. I really wasn't ready for that. Um, And I haven't been comfortable using tampons. So I've been using pads, which is a hack because my underwear is not suited for pads. So I've had to now go and buy um, underwear dedicated to my period, which is not comfortable. There's no need for all that material to be around your bum, please. Um, but I've used a tampon like twice so far and it's, it's so good. So far, so good. So good. So far, same thing. Um, but I'm really looking into the menstrual cup and, you know, based on the reviews that we've, we've heard or that we'll be hearing now, I've heard them, you're going to be hearing them now. Um, I think it might be a good option. Maybe. Maybe. So I'm going to put on my air hostess voice now because now this is the actual start of the episode. So if you weren't listening, I'm disappointed in you, but it's fine. Now you need to listen. Like, turn up the volume. Tell everyone to stop speaking to you. Um, Put your phone on silent because it's about to go down. So as I said earlier, we're talking about menstrual cups and Because my intention was to explore period poverty before I got overwhelmed, I just want to say something about period poverty in general. Period poverty is the lack of access to sanitary products, menstrual hygiene education, toilets, hand washing facilities, and or waste management. It's bigger than just a lack of access to sanitary products for menstruation. It's a global sanitation issue affecting menstruators and indeed non-menstruators across the world. I've personally never had to think about the price of a pack of pads or a box of tampons or a box of panty liners and I'm sure I'm not alone. My mom is a bulk shopper, shout out to her. So I'd always just throw in maybe four or five packs of pads or boxes of tampons or a combination of the two and be sorted for a very long time afterwards. It was the same when my sister began to menstruate much later. Also, I've never not had pads or tampons. And if I was out, it wasn't because I couldn't afford them. It was because, I don't know, I forgot to pack them in my bag or something. You know, it it was never just a money thing. I think a lot of you can relate, but I think a lot of you also can't relate. So this is why I'm speaking about it today. I've always been in a position of privilege. I've always been able to try out different brands, different sizes, different thicknesses and different types. 
to find out what best works for me and what best works for my body without once having to think about the price. So you can see that this is an extremely vast topic. One that simply cannot be covered in a single episode. Unless you want to listen to me speak for maybe some 72 hours non-stop. And honestly, nobody wants that. So we're not going to do that. But please, listener, listeners, join me on this journey exploring period poverty and sustainable menstrual products. On this part of the journey, we're discussing some of the pros and cons of using a menstrual cup and or a menstrual disc, which we'll talk about a bit more later. How it works, who it's for, and perhaps some of the social issues surrounding their sourcing, use and maintenance. And of course, of course, some reviews, because what is a discussion without honest reviews? A menstrual cup falls into the category of reusable menstrual products. It's a small, flexible, funnel-shaped cup made of rubber or silicone and is inserted into the vagina during menstruation. And it's done so to catch and collect period blood. A menstrual cup is an eco-friendly alternative to tampons and it can hold more blood than other methods like tampons and sanitary pads. There are also disposable menstrual cups available, but I'm not sure if those exist or are available in South Africa yet. Um, so I'll do some Googles. Menstrual cups are usually made of flexible, medical-grade silicone, latex, or a thermoplastic isomer. And they're shaped like a bell with a stem, which is used for insertion and removal. You'll also hear some talk about a device called a menstrual disc. A menstrual disc, also called a cervical cup, is an insertable period product that can provide 12 hours of protection. You can keep it in while you have sex, whatever sex is for you, and it can apparently also help minimize cramps. It's disc-shaped like a diaphragm with a flexible outer ring and a soft collapsible center. What's the difference? Well, they're both inserted into the vagina for the purpose of collecting blood during menstruation. They're both reusable, so they're both practical and environmentally and budgetally, budgetally, financially, economically. Either way, it's friendly to your pocket. And they both have an initial high cost with a lower long-term cost. Both of them must be cleaned after use and both of them collect menstrual fluid. The cup sits in the vagina or in the vaginal canal, just below the cervix and extends into the vaginal canal, depending on the type or the brand chosen. The disc fits into the vaginal fornix, so this is where the vaginal canal meets the cervix. Menstrual discs are messier than cups when it comes to removal, but I honestly cannot speak to how much more messy it is because I haven't tried either. Menstrual cups aren't a new thing. The first period cup was invented in 1867, which is a decade before the first pads and more than half a century before the first modern commercial tampon. 
It was an industrialization in the 20th century that demanded efficiency from its workers and its factories. So mass production and consumerism required disposable, ready-made products. This, together with the idea that a fine-tuned woman should not stink, leak, embarrass, or fall into dysfunction, meant that women sought out products that would help them hide their periods from their peers and help them forget about it themselves. This is the reason for the introduction and popularization of disposable menstrual hygiene products. Just as an aside, menstrual hygiene technologies have been described as hidden artifacts that have enabled women to pass and to overcome prejudice leveled against a bleeding body. So they've been described as existing to help emancipate modern women from their periods. And they've been seen as the solution for a modern body that doesn't visibly bleed, smell, disturb, or offend. This idea is highly problematic. And it informs this taboo that, you know, we shouldn't be talking about menstruation and, you know, our related experiences. Periods aren't and should not be seen as a monthly nightmare. And menstrual hygiene products should not be seen as a relief from that monthly nightmare. If you've ever in your life seen a TV ad for pads or tampons, you'll know exactly what I mean. If you don't know what I mean because you're not a menstruator or you haven't seen the ads or you just don't pay attention or I don't know why, those ads... (laughs) They always have these cute baby girls in like school uniform or like dresses and skirts or like they're wearing white pajamas in a bed with white linen and they're dancing and jumping and singing and you know every time I see these ads I just want to throw like a box of tampons at the tv because even if I'm wearing these these invisible tampons or these ultra thin scented whisper wrapper pads I personally myself will not be feeling like a jolly little cutie singing and dancing and jumping up and down like I'm not bleeding from my vagina because I am and it's not fun and I don't want to jump you know so this idea also informs the idea that this idea also informs the idea that hmm Menstruators who are menstruating and are in pain during menstruation are actually just lazy, exaggerating vaginal bleeders who want to abandon all their responsibilities to lay in bed and eat junk food and watch sad movies and cry. Because these ads show us to be these highly productive, energetic vaginal bleeders when the reality is very far from that. Um, but that's another topic on its own. I digress. As I was saying before I got distracted by my thoughts, the first menstrual cups were invented in 1867 and the first prototypes were patented in the USA during that time. The first modern and commercial menstrual cups, the ones we know today, were called Tasset and they were invented in 1937 by an American actress named Leonie Chalmers. Chalmers, Chalmers, it's C-H-A-L-M-E-R-S, so you can decide 
how it's pronounced. Anyway, these were made from latex rubber and she described the design as one which would not cause uncomfortableness or consciousness of its presence. She also said it would allow women to wear ultra thin, I'm lying, it would allow women to wear thin, light, close-fitting clothing, so, you know, all the things we want to wear, without belts, pins, or buckles that could show. Unfortunately, World War II brought with it a shortage of latex rubber, so production of menstrual cups was brought to a stop. Their popularity was also hindered by the long-standing idea that virginity was lost if you inserted anything into the vagina. And God forbid you use a product that would break your hymen or sexually stimulate you or encourage promiscuity. Scandalous. So although Tasset was relaunched in the 1950s with a very big advertising budget, many menstruators just weren't open to the idea of one, using internal protection, and two, using internal protection that was reusable. They were also just not comfortable with the idea of emptying or cleaning the cup, which is a mindset that is still very present today, as you'll later hear. So Tasset died an unfortunate death in the 1960s as a result of all these reservations surrounding insertable and reusable menstrual products. If we fast forward to today, menstrual cups have resurfaced with improved design features using medical grade silicone, although those made from rubber latex, latex rubber, still exist today. Chris Bobel of the University of Massachusetts, Boston says, the great irony of modern hype around cups is that they are some of the oldest proposed solutions for managing periods. Alternative, as we understand it today, really means what was once traditional. Once mass-produced tampons and, and pads took hold, you have to be kind of crunchy, kind of lefty, kind of freaky to take the risk to try something that wasn't available at your pharmacy. Now you can try a cup and tweet about it or post to your Instagram. Close quote. Menstrual cups have today experienced a resurgence of popularity for some reasons different to those that existed when they were initially invented. Menstruators now use menstrual cups to reduce waste and or to spend less money on disposable menstrual products. The social change, led by calls for environmental justice, the use of social media platforms like Uteronomy, wink, to discuss... Once taboo subjects, the rise of body positivity and a consumer demand for natural ingredients and products has made menstrual cups trendy, although not to the extent that pads and tampons are. The ideal is that one day menstrual cups will be as popular, if not more, than pads and tampons are, but for as long as menstruators have feelings of shame surrounding their bodies and menstruation, even if they're pro-environment, Menstrual cups and other reusable menstrual hygiene products will stay in the backseat regarding comparative popularity. So to get to this point where they are more popular or just popular, there needs to be heavy investment in evidence-based, non-judgmental mental health care education for everybody, menstruators and 
non-menstruators alike. So how do we use this thing? Apparently, apparently you can't just walk like into pick and pay or clicks and just take one from the shelf or just like order one off of the internet without first doing a little bit of research. So please don't go buy a menstrual cup if you haven't done the research that you have to do. Otherwise, you're going to have to end up having to buy more than one and that just it defeats the purpose of it being cost effective, etc. Um, when it's that time of the month, so I'm just describing the process. We're going to talk about it more just now. But when it's that time of the month and, and you've chosen to use a menstrual cup, you first fold or pinch it before you insert it into your vagina and the stem should be completely inside the vagina. There are a number of folding techniques that you can employ when inserting the cup. So do your Google searches um, and you might need to twist the cup or flex the vaginal muscles to make sure that the cup is fully open inside the vaginal canal. But it usually unfolds automatically to create a light seal against the cervix. If you've inserted it correctly, you shouldn't experience any leaks or any discomfort. Depending on how heavy your flow is, you'll remove the cup between 4 to 12 hours after insertion so that you can empty it. To remove it, pinch the base of the cup to release the seal and then remove the cup and empty it. Then importantly, rinse it out or wipe it before reinserting it. At the end of your cycle, sterilize it in boiling water and store in a dust-free place. Before all of this though, wash your hands with soap and water because don't put your unwashed hands near your vagina please um so i was saying there's a number of 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 factors that you need to consider before you decide on a menstrual cup to buy for example you need to look at the length of your cervix you also need to consider how heavy your flow is, your age, the strength of your pelvic floor muscles, and whether or not you've given birth vaginally. Generally, if you're younger than 30 and or have not given birth vaginally, a smaller size may be a good fit. Whereas larger sizes may be appropriate if you're over 30 and or have given birth vaginally and or have a heavy flow. I think now is the perfect time to talk to our first guest about menstrual cups there are two guests as well as two or three reviews from people who have tried it i told you this is going to be a long episode like i told you but it's going to be worth it i promise just a side note in the interviews um a little bit of distortion on my side um just as a heads up so We'll fix this next time, but we aren't, we're here now, it is what it is. Our first interview is with Marissa Munich. Marissa is a digital artist, podcaster, 
and mezzo-soprano with a passion for learning, creative expression, sharing human experiences, and all things sustainability. She is the host of the podcast, Woven Experiences, where she chats about topics that affect everyone. I'm a big fan of Woven Experiences, and I've also featured on it. So go listen to that episode and go show Marissa all the love that you've been showing me on all her other episodes. Woven Experiences is available on all podcast streaming platforms and you can learn more about Marissa on her website, marissamonich.com. I will add that to the podcast information as well. All right, so my journey with the menstrual cup started back at the end of 2016, beginning 2017, when I went into more sustainable living. And uh, to be honest, the menstrual cup was kind of last on my list uh, because I thought that, you know, that took real commitment uh, for the environment uh, per se. Um, but I did purchase it. And uh, a lot of things kind of happened that I wasn't aware about. For example, um, I chose the larger cup because I had a fairly large flow. Um, later, discovering, of course, uh, larger cup doesn't necessarily mean, you know, it can hold more volume, but that the, the cup itself, uh, the circumference is larger for people who've had kids. Uh, so needless to say, it had a plunger effect uh, when I tried to take it out. Ooh. The few, first few times was not a great introduction <laughs> <laughs> to, what, to what a menstrual cup is supposed to be. <laughs> um, uh, and, but yeah, but as soon as that got fixed, uh, I got the smaller cup. Um, I, I, be, I, 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 uh, we got a lot more comfortable. Uh, with how it's used, all the different kinds of folds, what worked for me, what didn't. I learned a lot about my body. I learned a lot about my uh, menstruation uh, vibes. And uh, yeah, I just got, I developed a better uh, mental health aspect to, to, in relationship with my period, if that makes sense. That sounds really interesting, um, especially because. I think I find myself in a unique situation or unique position right now in that I wasn't um, regularly menstruating for four years. And so over the past four months, I've started, you know, it's like I got my period for the first time in my life again. Oh, yeah. And everything is just a shock. Everything <laughs> is shocking to me. I can't believe this is what happens every single month. Well, sounds like you've had it easy <laughs> it's been such a nice time like no period or like spotting or like you know just enough for a pad or a, a panty liner and then you're done mm. um and the the just enough for a pad is like just on day one and then the whole period <laughs> is one day so you know then it's done so it was, I was living a very good life. Mm. I will not deny that. I'm definitely considering going back to that life. Um, but in the meantime, mm. I can only bring myself to use pads 
I used a tampon once. I tried it and it was just a disaster and I just I didn't look at it again for three months and then I tried it again and it worked. But it's not sustainable long term in terms of what I would like to be using and in terms of both pads and tampons. Um, not just the effect on the envi- on the environment, but the effect, you know, on my body. Mm. Um, so it's very interesting that you say that it, it's affected your relationship with your body in a positive way, because I think that's a very important thing to highlight. Um, I think, like you say, people start out and you, you got it the first time and it was just a disaster. And that puts a lot of people off. Um, so I commend you on your, your what's the word? Commitment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, because it's really cool. And you're saving so much money. Yeah, no, for sure. Really yeah, no, um, the, yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Continue. No, um, in the past, um, I remember trying my first tampon at the age of 21. I remember it was on my 21st birthday. It was terrible. Like I on your 21st. That is disastrous. Like the, fir- the first time I tried a tampon and it was only later that I used it because it saved time. As I said, my period's very heavy. So mm. I used to go through a tampon and a pad at the same time, three times a day on my heaviest day. Um, but I found with the cup that my period, which was previously, you know, seven to eight days has been reduced to four days and keep in mind, I am on blood thinners. Mm. So, um, it feels like the cup allocates your blood, like insert here, you know, there's no (laughs) waiting a line to be absorbed and, you know, a tampon doesn't doesn't absorb everything in any case and it causes more dryness than anything else and messes with your pH and, oh, it's disastrous. (laughs) It's just, it's the patriarchy that's decided that this is what we need to be using in our bodies and I, it's probably not even their fault, but I blame them anyway because, well, if you can't blame them on on developing this product, you can at least blame them for the pink tax. Oh my goodness, yes. Yes. That's the pink tax is, is an episode on its own. It's a whole discussion on its own. Oh, I yeah. was looking into it, but like yo, there's so much to put in. So oh mm-hmm. but have you tried any other sustainable products for your period? Um, I actually do have a uh, two uh, reusable pads just because I would love to use reusable underwear, um, period underwear, but unfortunately they don't make it in my size. Um, the range in South Africa is fairly um, me- medium-ish to size yeah. 38. Um, I'm over that, <laughs> that size. Yeah. Um, but I do use the pad um, on my heaviest days if I'm sleeping and if I'm unsure because uh, what you also learn when you when you start using a cup is you have to keep in mind where your cervix sits. So different yeah. cups to where your cervix sits. And mine sometimes, you know, on certain periods decides to drop down like a heavy tea bag and a full cup of tea and and it's just and it's and it's usually when I'm asleep so I I that's it's it's only for those times and then the other time is when I fly and I'm on my period and it's in a heavy day 
And Ooh. it's just because of the air pressure. The air pressure does weird things. Um, so that's just, it's, it, I only use pads for in-case scenarios, but they are uh, comfortable. Um, I'm just, I'm, I just don't have a lot of faith with them because they are button up uh, pads. Huh? So they, they have little buttons that click in behind your underwear. Oh, at the bottom. At like- the bottom, yeah. Okay. So there's nothing else keeping them in your underwear except, you know, my thighs and sheer you know, faith. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and tugging and taking if it's still the type of vibe. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um so yeah, no, I would definitely say stick to the cup um or get yourself some underwear. Uh you know it's it would teach their own. I mean mm. um a lot of people do recommend other things like the uh sponge. It's a menstrual sponge. Do you know people who've, who've used it? I do not know yeah. personally anyone that yeah. has used it. Uh, it's it's still an interesting concept for me. So if you do find someone, I, I would love to hear their thoughts. Um, yeah, yeah. But a menstrual cup is just so much more convenient. Um, you yeah. know, it's ma- medical grade silicone. And depending on the firmness, the more firm um, cup you get is for people that are fairly more active. So it doesn't stop you from living your life. You know, some people have even swam with uh, menstrual cups without any incidents. Yeah. Uh, So it's just, it's so much, it's just so convenient. You pop it out, you rinse it and you pop it back in and then you sterilize it before and after. And I sometimes uh, use my biodegradable wire friendly hand soap just to give it an extra oh. wash um here and there and because i'd lost eight to 12 hours um i don't i've only had to change it in a public restroom twice okay yeah how was that experience uh the first one was very stressful uh it was after a, a long flight and it was in a, a train station Ooh. and i had to squat because I have thighs for days. Ah. Yeah. And uh, it was. save lives that they were in jeans and all other things. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but it was fine. I had, I had wet wipes. Um, I cleaned it like that. And uh, okay. it was just, it just had to hold until the, until the hotel for a proper wash. Mm. Uh, but it was fine. I survived. No one saw me. And okay. uh, yeah, I know it was fortunately a low enough door. Uh, oh, that no one could. No one could could come peekaboo. Although <laughs> I, it was, <laughs> I think it would be more horrific for them than for me. Yeah, um, at that angle, yeah. at least. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's this about the cervix? How does the cervix play a role? Um. So. I only know from my personal cervix, um, mm. I have a naturally a cervix that sits naturally higher and some people have a naturally lower cervix and it's just everyone's different and no vagina is the same. Mm. Um, I would definitely recommend, they are diff- there's a cup uh, for people who have low cervixes, you'll see the cup is slightly, looks it looks more spherical, so it's a lot shorter. Um, than the cup that they advertise um yeah so I, and it, yeah so it, it, it's 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 it depends on 
the shape of the cap, if I could say, and how far it can protrude into the vaginal canal. Because mm. uh, the cervix basically is is what stands. If I correct me if I'm wrong, but the cervix is basically the what stands between. It's, it's in vaginal canal. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the vaginal Sorry, canal. Sorry, I, the... I don't have... I, I just got up from a nap, so I'm not all there yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's... it's a, What happens a lot, mine, for example, my cervix does swell. Um, a lot of swelling mm. occurs sometimes, and it's and from that, from that uh, swelling, you know, it does get heavy and mine does drop. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure how that happens, but um, and you can also taste it uh, where your cervix sits. There's how a, there there is it's it's uh it's very self exploratory. So okay. there are a lot of sites that actually tell you how to taste it. Uh-huh. But I I will not be demonstrating very <laughs> soon, but I do recommend doing that before investing in a in a menstrual cup. Um. Because yeah, that that could that could really affect your uh, experience. Okay, and what did you do with the first cup that you bought? Um, I've kept it. I can't really think of anyone who'd want to use a used menstrual cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm that because, well, for two reasons. Yeah. One is that I wanted to do like a giveaway on the podcast Instagram page and mm. that was going to include a menstrual cup, a menstrual disc and a period box. Yeah. Um, a local um, small business. But then when we spoke, when the time that we spoke, mm. then you said, well, it depends on your cervix and it depends on... The firmness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, well, how can I buy it for someone else? I'm going to send it to them. And then are they really going to have a use for it? And what happens then? Yeah. Um, I would recommend maybe getting a voucher to maybe, mm-hmm. a, a, I know Faithful to Nature has one or two. I think they might have one for a short cervix and a, a high setting cervix and a low setting cervix. Mm. Um, just have to check that out because I know they have Mia cups. A Mia cup is your normal cup, your generic one that looks, you know, what you would expect. Mm. Um, there are a lot of small businesses actually have different kinds. I will I'll send you a few links. Okay. Um, which will be helpful. But yeah, it also depends on how you, how you want to use it because a lot of people my my cup is is not exactly one hundred percent firm, but it, you, it's also not a, like really loose. Like mm. uh, you call, you mentioned the disc uh, cup, mm. uh, the disc cup. Um, people like that because you can have sex while on your period, if I remember correctly. That's interesting because like period sex is one thing. Mm. Period sex. With a thing inside, where the other thing is gonna go, it, it just my mind doesn't understand. Like you have this book sitting, it, I guess, the, yeah, in your your cervix, and then oh no, I'm just it's worrying. Yeah, and you know, uh, I don't think that if you if if you have the knack for it and you're comfortable with it, that's fine. Uh, the reviews I've read because I was really curious to mm. um to try it, but. A lot of reviews said that you know taking it out is l- a very messy. I can imagine. And um, a lot of activity does 
increase the chance of leakage, but that's just from the reviews. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't I can't really speak from experience. Okay, and the other so the other reason I brought up what you did with your first one is because there's a whole lot of drives um, in the world, but in South Africa especially, where they are looking at sustainable options for menstruation for um, lesser privileged people. Mm. And we already know that we have lesser privileged people in abundance in South Africa. Um, But how, and I don't think you have the answer to it. So I'm not asking you specifically. I'm asking the the general uh, surroundings Mm. of whoever's listening. How do you then, you know, have a drive and you, you give away these menstrual cups do you first go through the process? And I don't know if they do, but it seems very logistical. Like you you can't just go and hand out uh, menstrual cups because that's not going to help anyone um, if it's not the right one for them. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I think... You might, you know, not everyone will be comfortable with the idea of a menstrual cup um, because there is a lot of stigma still. I mean, menstrual cup was invented before uh, we had pads or tampons. Uh And it's only now really been gaining popularity. So a lot of people do start with kind of like entry-level menstrual cup uh, to suss it out. Uh, a lot of people don't have that type of privileged or privilege or money, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if people had to do a drive for reusable products and someone was interested in trying the menstrual cup, I would probably start with an entry level, locally made product. Mm-hmm. And if they had problems, you know, keep in contact with them because this is an evolving market and there's still a lot of footholds in South Africa for this type of product. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So it okay. would it would access marketing as well, in a sense. Markets, uh, you know, marketing in some information, mm. uh, generating, yeah, new, new ideas and new uh, cups and making them not only sustainable but accessible. I think that's yeah. the most important thing. Yeah, I've been looking through the pricing i've well mainly looked on faithful to nature and wellness warehouse and it ranges from about 200 rand and then there's one the lunette cup that's 790 rand so i think for some of us the initial investment is it's nothing it's it's not a big cost but for a lot of other people, that that initial investment, you know, two hundred rand goes a very long way. Three hundred and fifty rand goes a very long way. Mm. So, you know, what are you sacrificing this month so that you can buy this um, menstrual cup? Which means you don't really see the benefit until later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've just been thinking about that. You know, in a South African environment people's access to water and yes. access to bathrooms and like it's it's very complicated it's it's very complex and it's not just the the way that people are collecting pads and handing out pads makes sense mm. it, it, it won't work with or it won't work as well with sustainable um products like the cup 
Yes, no, um, especially with what you said, with access to water and, you know, basic amenities uh, really makes it hard. I mean, that's that's why um, we have, during this time, we have a lot of alcohol, uh, you know, spraying for our hands at shops and so on because people don't mm. have necessarily have access to wash their hands every 20 minutes. Mm. And I think that's important to keep in mind. And sustainability has to kind of, include that to some extent and I think you know looking into I know a lot of organizations um, NGOs and so on that actually do make their own uh, reusable pads mm. I think for, for for their community as well as for profits uh, as an income mm. uh, which is which is good I mean I don't know how long have nappies been around because before that I still remember wearing a cloth diaper I think there were even cloth diapers in like 2000 when my sister was born. Yeah. Was, I guess the the nappies, the disposable nappies have now become a lot more popular. Yeah, but they're a lot more expensive as well. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, any last remarks? Any final remarks? Um, I'm just trying to think. I would definitely... If if you want to try the cup, I would definitely recommend watching a few tutorials, mm. getting comfortable with your body because, yes, you'll be grossed out at first. Don't panic. Breathe. And if you can, phone a friend. Phone a friend to mm. you talk you through it because I've, yeah. I've, I've talked to friends through it, literally, while they were busy. And it's fine. We should support each other yeah. in in trying new things. And I honestly think the menstrual cup not only did, you know, very well for me personally and my mental health, but I've been using it for three years and I haven't spending I haven't been spending two hundred rand a month. I don't even know what, what pads cost these days. Yeah, yeah. Um I've been yeah, so I've been saving a lot of money, I've been saving the environment and I've been gaining a lot uh with regards to body image and mental health. Okay. Thank you very much for that. That's a pleasure. Yay! Thank you so much to Marissa for that insightful chat about her experience, her views on and her use of the period cup. In that interview, we spoke a bit about the social issues surrounding the use and distribution of menstrual cups and reusable menstrual products in general. This is something that you'll hear a bit more about in the second interview. And I want us to talk about it before then. But... This episode is already very long. It's, you know, I'm watching the clock and it says 47 seconds. Oh, I'm a liar. 47, <laughs> 47 minutes. So what I'm going to do, you know, just to give both of us a rest, I, I need to stop talking and you need a break to listen to other things, perhaps if that's really what you want. But I know it's not deep down inside. Um, so I'm going to 
break here. This is going to be part one of the menstrual cup chat. And then in part two of the menstrual cup chat, we're going to have another interview with Dr. Letlang Matlala. And then just a little bit more information about, you know, the different the different brands that you can get, where you can get them, how much they cost, the sort of specific specifications of each. And then also just two or three reviews from friends of mine who have used the cup. For now, for now, I'll talk to you in a moment. I'm going to upload this a little bit later. I'm going to upload the second part, sorry, a little bit later. Um, because at the moment they're painting in my house. There's a lot of noise. I'm sitting in my car recording. It's hot. I'm irritated. It's just, you know. So let's, yeah, I think I need a real break. And I think you need a real break as well. Thank you so much so much for listening to this episode i really appreciate all your time all your support um all your patience in waiting for this episode to finally come out and i will see you in the next round real 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 quick That's the way the cookie crumbles. Thank you for listening to this episode of Euteronomy, the Gospel according to Saint Euteri. We will be speaking again very soon. So please keep an eye out on the Euteronomy Instagram page, my personal Instagram page at leds, L-E-D-Z, 03 for updates and for exciting things like perhaps maybe if we're all lucky, a giveaway. Bye.